Oh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, tonight we reflect on perhaps the most unfair thing of all. Perhaps remember when you were a small child, it was very important for you that things would be fair. Indeed, we're told from a psychological standpoint that our children must be raised in that kind of environment where things are fair. Otherwise, things become kind of bad, don't they? Yet you probably also remember time as you were growing up when uh, perhaps you went to someone in authority, perhaps you went to your own parents and you, you said, you know, dad, it's just not fair. What's happening to me? And maybe you recall your own father saying, son, daughter, Life isn't fair. And the older that we get, we come to find life seemingly isn't fair a lot of the times, right? But yet, tonight we see the most unfair thing happening. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has never done a single thing wrong, who never had a single bad thought, whose entire life was simply about helping others, uh, about healing everyone that he came into contact with, healing them mentally as well as physically, helping everyone around. He is falsely accused. He's led to his death. He's crucified. And dear friends, that death that he experiences, it is one of the most torturous, one of the most terrible. Not only is his character assassinated, as yes, we see so often happening in our present day, but his life is physically taken away. It's not simply that he he felt bad and he had to retire to his mansion on an island somewhere, but rather he feels the extent of people's hatred, doesn't he? And then even going on from that, even from being mocked and ridiculed, he is crucified. Now, filmmakers uh, through our time have kind of struggled with how to portray the suffering of our Lord and Savior. We, as Christians, we want to be able to follow the Bible as closely as possible. And so tonight, I I want to kind of recreate for you you just what Jesus went through. 
And we want to be able to follow the scripture uh, rather uh, than, you know, just people's opinions. In our scriptures, though, compared to the movie industry, I'd like to just maybe point out to start with that we follow, you know, Jesus' special robe that he was wearing. You might recall when Jesus comes to the cross, the soldiers notice that he does indeed have a special garment. It's woven of a single piece from top to bottom. Right, that means it wasn't just a nice piece of cloth and they cut out a pattern and they kind of sewed it together here and and there. It doesn't have any stitches in it. That means that the weavers had to have some kind of a mannequin and and each of the fibers were, uh, you know, complete going all the way around. A special garment like this would have taken an incredible amount of time and effort to be able to create. It has no seam. That's why the soldiers want to gamble for it. That's why the soldiers are casting lots there at the foot of the cross. Now, we maybe need to suggest that such a a garment, it's not covered in gore. No, such a garment, it's not soaked in blood. No, such a, a garment, right, would have been, you know, difficult to clean in that day, right? And I, I don't know if any of you, you know, wives of, of, of ranchers or people that, that handle livestock have had, you know, some kind of problem uh, take place in the field. And, and maybe your, your husband came home, his clothing covered in a blood. Because, uh, you know, the animal maybe got tangled in, in the barbed wire fence and, and, you know, maybe it was even killed because the barbed wire, you know, penetrated its neck and, and there was blood everywhere. Or maybe your husband was trying to, to save a, a calf out in the field and the, the mother died, but, you know, in an emergency, right, he tried to open up that the cow in order to save the calf and, and he maybe didn't care where the blood was going. Maybe, you know, for some of you, you, you had to deal with emergencies like that. And so your, your husband came home, his clothing covered in blood, and, you know, what could you really do? Right? You, you, you probably took that clothing and, and threw it out, right? You know, maybe, maybe you even just burned it, right? You, you, you got rid of it because if clothing is soaked in blood, there, there's not a lot that, that can be done, right? And the soldiers at the foot of the cross, they want to save Jesus' garment. They're even casting lots over it. Let's not spoil it. We don't want to divide it up. This is something valuable. This prisoner is leaving behind. They want his garment. 
And so, dear friends, I would suggest to you tonight that as we're looking at film, as we're thinking about the death of our Savior, the emphasis is not the trial. The emphasis is not Jesus being beaten. But the emphasis, it's not the crown of thorns even placed upon his head. It's not the pain that he undergoes getting to the cross, but rather the pain our Savior endures is there at the cross. Now, again, for a, a filmmaker, right, we can say, you know, that, that's kind of difficult to show, right? How long in my film can I show Jesus hanging on the cross and still have empathy from the audience, right? How can I really show that to people? Because what's going on in Jesus at the time of his death is really taking place on the inside. See, Jesus, a, a true man as you and I, is suffering catastrophic failures of his internal organs. Jesus is struggling to breathe. As one who is being tortured by crucifixion, he has a terrible pain in his hands as he's hanging there. And as he's hanging there, his chest is constricted. His lungs are having trouble taking in oxygen. His heart is struggling to beat. And so, therefore, one who is being crucified, they must put the pressure on the spikes in their feet in order to raise themselves up so that they can take another breath. And of course, as they raise themselves up, the spikes are tearing into their ankles, into their feet. There's a great deal of pain. It's hard for them with trembling legs to hold themselves upright. So then, of course, they must sink down once more. With their legs collapsing once again, with the shaking in the muscles and the joints, now once more the pain is transferred to, to their hands, to their wrists, as they hang suspended once again. But see, Jesus, he needs to breathe. His body calling for oxygen. Once more, he must lift himself upon his nail-pierced feet to gasp for another breath. And then one, once more, his legs begin to tremble. Once more, he sinks down. Once more, the pain returns again. You see, dear friends, it's hard for us to imagine just looking at pictures of Jesus hanging upon the cross and you think to yourself, well, you know, that, that seems pretty horrible. I, I certainly wouldn't want to go through that. 
but we often don't think of those little details. The suffering simply to gain a breath. That Jesus being a true man as you and I, he isn't under some special spell. He isn't using his marvelous brain to turn off the pain receptors in his body so that he just kind of calmly suffers there. But our Lord and Savior, just as you and I, is dying. His body is beginning to fail. His life slipping away. Our Savior, he bleeds. The apostle reports that at the death of Jesus, a spear pierced his side. From that wound of the spear came forth both blood and water. Once had the occasion to be able to witness to an individual, that person believed that somehow Jesus just kind of fainted on the cross. And then, you know, being taken down from the cross, he he was laid in a a tomb and, you know, then kind of being in like a coma, you know, kind of a, a state. You know, maybe he just kind of woke up a couple of days later And then, you know, everything was just kind of okay. And he maybe healed from his injuries. And and that was maybe how it went. But dear friends, thinking about that spear that pierced his side, uh, I, you know, kind of decided to go and buy a replica of that Spear, because I think it's useful for people to be able to see. And so, of course, I, I hold in my hands not the original, but this is the tip of the spear that many people believe is a replica of the one that pierced the side of our Lord and Savior. Uh, This spear would have been wielded by a trained Roman soldier of the day, someone that was used to administering a death, someone that had been present at other executions, uh, someone that knew what it took to end a person's life. And dear friends, this then would have been similar to the spear that pierced the side of our Lord and Savior. I think maybe it takes away all of our doubt that perhaps Jesus just kind of fainted upon the cross because, you know, if somebody put something like this into my side, I think it would probably be the end. And we probably all 
agreed on that. This, you know, is pretty long. And, of course, the real one would have been very sharp. And this was the proof that Jesus died. The apostle tells us that from the wound in Jesus' side came forth both blood and water. It wasn't just that the spirit pierced his heart and then all of the blood came out, but the fact that the water was present as well suggests that Jesus in fact died of congestive heart failure. Now, some of you have had loved ones that they go in the hospital. Now, what does that mean? It means that the water kind of builds up around the person's heart. And if it's not treated, right, the pressure of that extra water keeps the person's heart from beating. <clears throat> in a sense, it appears that we have the evidence that Jesus in fact, a die of a broken heart. That his heart filling the surroundings uh, with, with a plasma, with a, a water-like substance was constricted. It was not able to beat effectively. And Jesus, as he gives up his spirit, his heart was stunned. He could no longer beat because of the torture that he endured. You see, dear friends, we don't have to go to the movies and uh, try to make things any worse for what our Lord and Savior experienced. I know some of you here today have had to go through a, a heart attack. If you know what that kind of pain is like to have that searing kind of cold lightning, um, some have told me, uh, running through their veins as uh, their heart cannot beat as it's supposed to any longer. But the pain that our Lord experienced, that he struggled for every single breath, his, his chest filled with fluid, as his beautiful heart could not beat as it was designed to, as he finally cried out, and he said, Father, Abba, into your hands, I commit my spirit. He surrenders unto death. One of the worst deaths imaginable. The death upon the cross. And the proof is that his side is pierced by a huge spear. He's gone. Dear friends, as we ponder on this night all that our Lord and Savior went through, we remember, of course, 
It was because of his great love for each of us. As Jesus hung upon that cross, he was thinking of you and of me. As he hung there for those hours struggling for breath, of pain with every movement, he was looking down through the course of time. And he was saying, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for those unborn. I'm doing this for the members of St. Peter Lutheran Church. I'm doing this for the men that will come to serve there as their pastors. I'm doing this for the families that will be raised in that fellowship. I'm doing this for those who will be baptized at that baptismal font. I'm doing this for those who will come <coughs> and remember me by taking of my body and my blood through the Lord's Supper. I'm doing this because I love them so very much. Yes, dear friends, we remember the suffering our Lord endured. We remember all things that he went through as he hung upon the cross. And we remember he did it just for us. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.